Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 22, verse 12. Let's go. All right, so we've got Abraham and Isaac. Abraham is sacrificing Isaac. This is a test. And God speaks to him at the last minute. And here's what he said. He said, and he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So, Abraham was willing. He was obedient. He was ready to sacrifice his son Isaac. It's not like he was joyful about it. I'm sure he had a million questions in his mind, but he was being obedient unto God. Isaac was going along. Isaac, a grown man, not a little boy. He was willing to put the wood on his back. He was willing to be sacrificed. He was submitting to his father, Abraham. This is all a picture of God the Father and God the Son and God the Son being willing and obedient to God the Father. But God the Father went through with it. It's the only human sacrifice in history that's been acceptable to God. And that was on the cross. And there was purpose for that. And that is how you get into heaven. That is how I get into heaven. Here, this is a test and this is prophetic and symbolic of the future of Jesus on the cross. And God knew that he was going to step in and tell him not to do it. So he was just testing Abraham. Abraham was being obedient. He hadn't passed every test before, but he did a great job with this one. I got to tell you, I'm quite certain I would have failed this one. Uh, I would have failed it miserably from the get-go. And what he said here is he said, Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Now, he has two sons. He's got Isaac and he's got Ishmael. Ishmael was the offspring of a bad relationship outside of marriage with his maidservant Hagar because they were trying to rush things. How many times in your life have you tried to rush things, you push things? I've done it. And several times I can think back in my mind right now, they have turned out horribly, like horribly. Uh, some of the worst things that have ever happened in my life. So waiting on things can be a good thing. Waiting, and, and sometimes God speaks to us and sometimes he doesn't, but sometimes it's just with time passing, we're making better decisions because we're not rushing into something. Typically when we rush into something, we can make a bad decision because we're not thinking through the, the whole thing. Even if it's not uh, sinful or against God, we're just rushing into some kind of decision, maybe a life decision, and maybe it just takes some time. So he rushed into that decision with uh, Hagar to have that child, Ishmael. But God is recognizing that he only has one true godly son, and this is whom the, the you know nations will come through a, through Abraham and then through his offspring, Isaac. And yes, Abraham loves Ishmael, and Ish, Ishmael was raised up into a great nation. That's the Arab nation today. They're vast in number. They haven't been conquered uh, by anyone. Uh, unfortunately, most of them... Uh, follow a false religion of Islam, but uh, God is talking right here, you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And this is the picture of God the Father and God the Son. God the Father had one son, God the Son, Jesus, and he didn't withhold him. He gave him to us to be a sacrifice for us, to take away the sins of the world, to take away our sin, to take away your sin. You don't have to earn it. Jesus earned it on the cross for you. You just have to accept Jesus as your sacrifice. And he will clothe you and robe you and declare you to be righteous so that you can stand before God the Father and with God the Father in heaven for eternity because you'll be declared holy. Verse 13, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Woo! 
I know he was thankful for that. So all of a sudden, God, he's about to slay his son. He's got his knife up. Jesus steps in at the last second and says, stop, right? You don't have to do this anymore. You passed the test. You're doing awesome. And then he gave him something in its place. And there was the ram. Now in the future, guess what we got, you know, this future event from this moment in the Bible, but a past event for us looking backwards today, which is what animal, essentially, uh, God's not an animal, but symbolically, what animal did God give us for our sacrifice? Not a ram, but a lamb, right? Because Jesus is the lamb of God. He is the sacrificial lamb. He's a person, fully person, uh, you know, fully human at that moment, and fully God at the same time, both of them. And he died for our sins, and it required perfection to be able to take away our sins. I couldn't go to the cross. You couldn't go to the cross. Your pastor couldn't go to the cross because that person, you and me, we're all sinners. So we can't take away the sins of the world. The person who needed to be sacrificed needed to be perfect. And only God can do that. And that's why God came into this world. And that's also why Jesus wasn't born in the natural way like you and I with the uh, father and the mother, but of the Virgin Mary, so that he could come in the world truly sinless. Because in Judaism, they said that you inherited the um, basically the sin from your father. And so he had no earthly father, only a heavenly father. Even though James on... Um, uh, I'm sorry even though Joseph on earth uh, loved him and, you know, he was essentially his uh, whatever, uh, but earthly father. But Jesus is that lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And here we have a ram uh, that Abraham was able to sacrifice and offer up to God. Verse 14, And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. So, all right, so we've got the sacrifice. Abraham is grateful. He's worshiping God. He's not sitting there on the ground just crying and sobbing, saying, I didn't know if you were going to come through, and oh, I'm so scared. And he's not focused on the past. He's focused on the present, which is, I know that God is real. I know that God loves me. I know that God is always with me, even if I don't act like it, even if I don't feel like it. God doesn't move. We move. So right now in your life, if if you feel like God's not with you, if you are uncertain if God is with you, if you are scared because you feel alone, God is with you. He hasn't moved. Only perhaps you have. Just turn to Him. And He's always there. And I know that because none of us does it perfectly. None of us just has perfect trust and perfect faith all the time. It's being perfected, but it's not perfect. So if you're going through something, know that God's there. He hasn't left you. He's still there, and he wants you, and he wants to talk to you, and he wants to be in relationship with you and community with you, and he wants you to go out and stop focusing so much on yourself and focus on others and on this lost and dying world and witness to people in your neighborhood and in your office and your schools and wherever it may be. Verse 15, Then the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. 
Blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply. Your descendants as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. All right. So Jesus is talking to Abraham again. How awesome. He's hearing God all the time, which is so cool. Uh, I wish I, I, I heard him audibly like that. Maybe once in my life. I'm praying for that. <laughs> but I'll be fine if I don't. And uh, the angel uh, of the Lord, that's Jesus, called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn. So he's able to swear by himself. Why? Because he's God. And that's how confident he is. He's, he's making this oath to Abraham. And there's no one greater that you could swear to than God. And so he's swearing upon himself and he's saying, you know, I'm God and I'm in my own word and in my own oath, which won't be broken because again, I'm God. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I've told you in the past. I'm going to reiterate these essentially kind of core provisions of the Abrahamic covenant. And that's what he's setting forth here. So he's kind of saying, remember who I am. Remember my promises. My promises are good. My promises are true and they will come to pass. You may not see them in your lifetime. This is this is bigger than you. I want you to understand that. And now let's step into Abraham's shoes for a minute. How, how do we apply this to our lives? Well, God's promises are good. They don't change. We don't have to worry about, oh, you know, I'm feeling this. And so I think God needs to change because the Bible's kind of old and our current culture is so different. No, no, no. God doesn't change, right? Read the Word of God. Get into the Bible and learn what God wants for you. And you can trust that His promises are good, right? He wants the best for you. What's the best for you? It's probably not what you think it is, but it's going to be better, right? The, the little child wants to play with the fire, wants to put his hand on the stove and he thinks that's the best thing for him, right? I can, I can do this, and it'll be really cool, and I'll find things out. And you, the parent, are like, uh, no, that's not what's best for you. I know what's best for you. Or the kid doesn't want to learn to read or do math because they're frustrated, and it's just not coming easy to them, and they're throwing stuff or running away from the table. Not, I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn. And you're like, well, it may be tough. But it's going to be better for you to be able to read, to be able to do math. These are really good things, right? So how much better could God provide for us um, than what we could provide for our our children as parents, right? And so we can trust that his promises are true, that he is going to deliver, that he did become this, uh, the sacrificial lamb, that Jesus died on the cross for us, that he will redeem us, that we will be raptured, that... Uh, sin on earth will eventually be conquered, that there will be a, mil- a thousand year millennial kingdom, that there'll be eternal heaven, that we won't have any tears, it'll be it'll be joy and just awesome and peace in heaven forever and ever. We can trust all these promises. And that's what he's essentially reiterating here to Abraham. And we can understand and we want to understand it today. If you believe that Jesus and God are not good on their promises they are the holy spirit lives in you christ died for you the father in heaven uh is waiting for you right this is the trinity 
It's amazing. And we're good. You're good. Try not to worry as much about your circumstances. Focus on what God has for you, the promises, and living to witness and glorify God in everything that you do. And pray for a divine appointment today. Pray that someone God will bring someone into your life who you can help, who you can come alongside, who you can pray for. And you're not it's not gonna happen unless you're looking for that opportunity. And you're not gonna do anything with that opportunity unless you actually take that leap of faith, right? I'm going to talk to this person about Jesus. I'm going to pray for this person. I'm going to ask this person if I can pray for him and what specifically I can pray for him about, right? So maybe we be about God's business and you see these promises down here. Um, blessing, I will bless you. So he's going to bless Abraham. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. We've talked about this early in, in uh, Genesis and he's just repeating these right here. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham was obedient here, more obedient than really most anything that he had done in the past. He's had had several tests. This is certainly an amazingly difficult task, and he passed with flying colors. Um, I would have failed. I'm just telling you right now, I would have failed. Uh, Verse 19, so Abraham returned to his young men. So these are the two dudes who he left behind. He said, hey, we'll be back in a while. Remember, he, he, you know, not promised them, but he's saying we. So he knew that he would return with Isaac, even though he thought that Isaac was probably going to die. And he just assumed that God was going to raise him from the dead or something. I, th- you know, I think that's what's going on. But they both return. And the other guys are probably like, okay, yeah, they're back. All right, whatever. But they have no idea what they went through. And a lot of times in life, we see people and we just kind of judge them on the outside. Oh, look at you. You're only rich because you came from a rich family. Oh, look at you. You're only athletic because you came, you know, your dad was a college football player or your dad was a uh, pro baseball player or whatever we're so quick to judge and put all these labels on but what if we just said let's trust God let's not judge people let's love people and um just loving people because we that judgment hurts it's it's like unforgiveness it just produces bitterness and anger and resentment and it's no good it hurts your joy it hurts your peace so um, if, if you tr- struggle with jealousy, like most of us do at times, um, let's just give that to God, right? I still have that rise up in me at times, that jealousy and covetousness and stuff, and or just judgment of someone. And I don't want that. It's just this flesh we, we have, but we've got to ask God to help us conquer it. And uh, that's it for today. Lord, thank you so much. I thank you that Abraham passed this amazing test to give this, uh, this amazing example, uh, symbolic of the future at the time. And prophetic of what was going to happen, that you weren't going to send the ram, a ram, you were going to send the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, your only son, to die on the cross, the only acceptable human sacrifice in history, and it's actually the only way that we can get to heaven. Lord, I thank you for this. Help us to pass our test. When you give us a test, help us not to complain or be bitter or angry or upset or throw up our hands or run away from you, Lord, but to just press into you to pray more, to read the Bible more to ask people to come alongside us, to be in community, and to uh, you know conquer the test, pass the test, so that you can be glorified. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is 
so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.